This episode of the Kill by Kill podcast is brought to you in part by the pulse-pounding new thriller, You're Killing Me, starring Michaela Miller, Anne Heche, and Dermot Mulroney. When Eden attends a heaven or hell party, hoping to get a letter of recommendation to an elite university from the wealthy parents of a classmate, the party quickly turns into a ferocious fight for her life. You're Killing Me is available now to buy or rent. And right now, you can fight for your chance to see this killer new flick on us. Just email us at killbykillpod at gmail.com. That's killbykillpod at gmail.com with your killing me in the subject line for your chance to grab a digital code of your own. And now, the body count continues. gentlemen boys and girls die in time is here that's right we're in animal attacks april and we're talking day of the animals on kill by kill well greetings and salutations internet it's your old pal patrick hamilton coming to you once again from the great wide open this is the kill by kill podcast where we are dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film the characters we're going to unpack all the goriest of details of day of the animals in the hopes that a hiker's untimely end is just the beginning of the jokes we might make at their expense and as always there's only one person i trust to help me realize i'm only reporting on life not living it the one the only gina radcliffe how are you doing today gina how how are you doing hot shot I love being called Hotshot by Leslie Nielsen. It's so, um, it, it, it it fills my heart with joy, but it's also insulting. And that's why I like it. <laughs> uh, I don't want to scare you, Gina, but we are not alone. That's right. We have a special guest. You, of course, know her as a writer, as a digital strategist. Her podcast, Waiting to Exhale, is so amazing. And, of course, uh, she is a returning champion to this <laughs> very program. The one, the only winter mitchell how are you doing today winter oh patrick and gina it's it's just always too long until i see you (laughs) (laughs) and i and i haven't seen you so it's always too long until i hear you and i love being here i'm so happy to be with you all on this real momentous occasion why would you why would you save this pinnacle of cinematic (laughs) effort for me, just I, the luck I'm feeling, the joy I'm feeling, the honor of really, well, truly, you didn't have to. <laughs> we didn't, but we absolutely need to. Now, it, it should be noted, and we said this last week, uh, that originally uh, Animal Attacks April this year was going to be Animal Attacks, oops, all rats. And weirdly enough, there's a certain amount of rats in this movie to at least qualify as continuing the oops all rats. Even though it's not rat forward like last week, we still get incredibly leaping at the rats at some point. The yeeting of the rats was my favorite part, honestly. The the the, the, the rats projecting themselves towards someone uh, you can't beat it. 
are are they are they operating on wires, strings, or springs? <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're, they're tiny uh, um, catapults. <laughs> right, catapults. Yeah, hundred percent. Radapult, Gina Radcliffe. All right, put another star on the board. Radcliffe <laughs> nailed it again. God damn it, Chica. so um, good. Oh my god. Uh, this movie um, is. Uh, uh, I don't know if it was written by Girdler. Girdler is the William Girdler is the director. He also directed Grizzly. His. Um, career sadly came to an end very soon after this uh due to a tragedy um but it would have been interesting to see what kind of director he would have been in the 80s because he either would have been so out of fashion he never would have gotten work or he would have been that guy who could convert his exploitation nature into something really amazing in that time frame i was looking at the wiki of the movie, and I'm not familiar with Girdler, but I'm looking at his films. I'm familiar with his films. Mm-hmm. And I just really want to say quickly that when you go to the wiki day of the animals, it's not to be confused with World Animal Day. <laughs> um, absolutely not. <laughs> well, absolutely not. not. Definitely different connotations. Yeah. But I think, you know, Girdler, of the time, based on the films that he's done, uh, it made sense at the time. I think even even with the theme of this movie, the overarching theme, which I I know we're going to get into, is that these animals are freaked out by the the collapse of the ozone layer. The ozone layer is thinning, as we all know. Mm -hmm. And and this they're the first ones to sort of be affected by this. And I think I mean, that was a fair, you know, a lot of the movie exploitation movies and, and, and like, you know, grindhousey types of movies of that era were always the underlying theme was something that was overarching of of the era you know and yes. i think everybody just started feeling like there's too much garbage in the world we're we're spraying too much hairspray we're emitting too many you know fumes into the air so obviously that's going to have a reaction to something and it was not us we were only victims it had yes. to be another uh, uh, part of the species that we're, we're going to suffer the most. Very, very true. Um, <laughs> before, we, before we get back into uh, the political aspects of Day of the Animals, which I, I was wondering, Winter, have you ever seen Abby, his exorcist uh, exploitation movie? Yes, I've seen it once a while ago. And it's not, uh, it's not my favorite Mm-hmm. exorcism type of film. The exorcist is obviously my number one. My other favorite exorcism ish type movie is Ruby. And, sure. uh, and, and so, so Abby it's, you know, it's black exploitation and it talks about Yoruba sex spirits and stuff like that. So it was definitely again of the time, but not my favorite. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's one I've hunted down for a while and Ruby, uh, but have not, not watched yet. And I was like, Oh, I, 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 I want to experience it. Um, I know you they showed to. it once at the New Bev, but uh, with any movie that I want to see at the New Bev instantly sells out or I can't see it. Of course, um, of course. Yeah, Girdler has like a real interesting lineup of movies, you know, with three on a meat hook, which I think is dead ass boring. 
And then things they, they like... They expended all the energy. One of those movies, they expend all the energy on the title. Yes. <laughs> it just, it does, it, it's so before the slasher genre that it just doesn't have any heat to it. And then things like Project Kill or Killer Elite, um, that's a lot of fun. And then I think Grizzly is definitely a stay tuned here for Animal Attacks April. We're going to have to <laughs> tackle Grizzly at some point. And that's one of those movies that has just one perfect sequence where it just exactly realizes what you want in a raging grizzly movie and it never quite reaches that again but of course you get a couple of the stars of grizzly uh coming back here uh to day of the animals and then christopher george and richard jekyll and christopher george is kind of playing the same character because he can't play two different people he's just christopher george a guy with the face of a baseball mitt and richard jekyll he can be anything he wants to be and he's fucking crazy and grisly like he's out of his mind in that movie and here he's entirely restrained which one is richard jekyll he is the professor in this one. Oh, okay Whereas, this is, like, like 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 winter said there are 500 people in this movie and i can't keep any of them straight except like, <laughs> except like 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 leslie nielsen and john <laughs> um yeah uh, I, this is one of those movies where i think we have to abandon explaining the plot because it's just a disaster it's, it's like you know we, we, you know we do animal attacks movies in april and these are just animals attacking yes you know, all, I, all kinds of animals you've got birds you got rats you got yeah. dogs. You yes. got bears. Yes. You got some cougars in there. Right. Yes. You got wolves. Wolves in one scene. Wolves show up for a minute. Uh, there is one You iguana. got vultures. There's a vulture. Vultures. Yes. Vultures. Yes. Uh, there's snakes, snakes again. There's snakes again. Is the owl leading everyone? Because at at (laughs) several points, the owl seems to be directing animals to attack them. And is the owl in charge? I mean, that that fucking owl couldn't even determine how many bites it takes to get to the center of it. (laughs) And now it's in charge of all the animals attacking? I don't think so. It was definitely directing people. It was it was so in charge that I actually want to give that like an honorary like Thalberg <laughs> because that performance that performance was un, unsung if you tell if you ask me like it was an unsung performance true. yeah no it, it, he definitely should have been nominated at least for a golden globe at uh, or least a SAG. or yeah. a sag or critics yeah. choice something sure one of those he just he didn't bribe the right people at the globes um, so <laughs> this movie opens with a bunch of words and you gotta love it when a horror movie opens with a whole fucking preamble oh my god Quote, in june 1974 doctors f sherwood roland and mario molina of the university of california startled the scientific world with their finding that fluorocarbon gases used in aerosol spray cans are seriously damaging the Earth's protective ozone layer. Thus, potential dangerous amounts of ultraviolet rays are reaching the surface of our planet, adversely affecting all living things. This motion picture dramatizes what could happen in the near future if (laughs) we continue to do nothing to stop this damage to nature's protective shield for life on this Ooh. planet. And I don't want to scare anyone, but guess what? This big problem 
we fucking solved it, y'all. We don't have to worry about this. I mean, we're still the world's still going to hell, but oh. at least we at least we fixed this problem. We solved this problem so well. We're like, we're not fucking with any other problems. We're just riding the wave of this into the future. We're just fuck it. We don't have to change anything else about life. We just change how Aquanet gets out of a bottle and we're good. We've done it. It's Miller time. It's Miller time. It's Miller- this is basically released post. I don't. Why is this movie so have dumb? To be smart. I mean, that's the thing. I, I. What is the smart disaster movie? Because Earthquake is exceedingly dumb. Right. And uh, uh, while I really enjoy the Poseidon Adventure, it's well paced and well cast. It's not a smart movie. And I mean, if you're talking like if you're talking like smart disaster movies, I mean, you're going to have to go in the 90s and go right to like Deep Impact or something like that, which is just like so sad. (laughs) Like everybody dies at the end. Yeah, (laughs) it's fun. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Twister is dumb, but it's really fun dumb. And Mm -hmm. I think I've told this story before, but I was at a preview screening of Twister on the Warner Brothers lot. Wow. And I Look at you. Say, well, listen, I, I wasn't invited because I was a VIP. I was just, they were inviting, they were test marketing the movie. Okay. It's just that they sat me near the film's writer, one oh Mr. Michael Crichton. And you could tell it was Michael Crichton because he was a fucking uh, Bigfoot. Could you see anything like behind him? No, and you kind of had to peer around him to the left or the right because he was like six foot uh, 11 And <laughs> Twister's fun. And there's lots of fun actors in that movie. And they're delivering lines in insane ways. And I am laughing my ass off. And this does not go over with one Mr. Michael Crichton who shoots me death stares throughout the film. He just doesn't get that the film he wrote is really fun and really funny. I'm sorry. There are flying fucking cows. What am I supposed to take this shit seriously? <laughs> so this is this is put out post 77. So you've got a couple it's like a little mini subgenre that would include like Kingdom of the Spiders, Ants, Frogs is way early in 72. Um and of course Girdler's uh previous film Grizzly. And so I'm prepared for a certain type of movie, but this movie really wants to go out of its way to be as racist, ableist, and misogynistic as possible as if it wants the audience to root for the animals to kill almost everyone. And my friends, it's effective. Well, the problem is, is that I I think that they are trying to suggest at various times that, you know, whatever like being extra close to the sun or whatever it is (laughs) yeah is is also affecting the people and but it's very inconsistent with that like you know all that energy all that you know negative solar energy seems to be going right into leslie nielsen's character (laughs) but you, you also got this casually racist sheriff yeah. And you've got this guy who, after his wife is you know, knocked off a cliff by a vulture, uh, rescues this little girl 
And then at one point she starts crying and he starts like screaming at her. <laughs> He's like, you're a bad girl. You're bad. Like, why? Listen, I know we're under a lot of stress. We don't need to yell at this girl. This is not. And he and he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, okay, well, is this, you know, if the sun is starting to affect people as well, then be consistent with it. I, I think it's because Leslie Nielsen takes off his shirt. I just have yes. to believe that yes. is what throws him over the edge. Like Come he's here, an baby. asshole from the word go, but once yeah. he takes off that shirt, he is flying off the rails. Well, you know what's interesting, and I thought this was at what point had Nielsen like already sort of made his presence known as like a comedic icon. It it, it, it wasn't until wasn't. it wasn't until Airplane. Like he was yeah. still mostly a serious actor. Okay, at this point. Okay, yeah, so that is, explains why there's like 70 billion nobodies, t- really. And then he's like 10th lead, you know. Yeah, I mean, at this time, he is a, a real cinematic seat filler. Like, okay. he's he's in Poseidon Adventure as the captain. Like, right. He's in a bunch of these movies where he's just one of the people. Like, he's an ensemble right. player. Right, and it right. it wasn't until Airplane where he really is but uh, part of that ensemble, but is so undeniably good at delivering serious lines in the funniest way possible. Right. He just transforms his career. Like there's no part of prom night, which is the same year as, as airplane where you see airplanes, you know, the that version of him He is 100% you know, uh, just I'm a guy who shows up in movies and I'm someone's dad this time. So uh, it's it's only the, the fact that he can seriously make something funny that and ludicrous that is revealed after this that that you can really get it. Whereas like, you know, like any one of these disaster movies, it's just filled with meat. It's just a dead meat delivery system. <laughs> It's so a I dead the, meat delivery system. Yes. Go on. Yeah. Go on. Continue with this soliloquy. Yes, I think please. the only way to really tackle this is to go back to our earliest format of the show. And that is to talk about these characters and the order in which they die. Because <laughs> we can get into plot details, but it doesn't fucking matter. No, it's, it it's, matter. Just, it's just animals attacking. It's literally just that. Like a bunch of people who have no fucking business being on like a two hour hike at a park let alone a possibly five days, might even be up to a two-week-long hike yeah. in, on, like, a remote mountain. It it makes zero sense. <laughs> like, Where they're not and, supposed to bring, they're not supposed to bring food with no, them. Because the food's going to get dropped off by helicopters. And the whole point of this is that they've set this up so they get dropped off at the top of the mountain and they're just walking downhill the whole way. <laughs> So it's the easiest possible route for them is, is what George Hamilton has set up. Like the first scene is the local sheriff and everyone comments on how hefty the sheriff is. And he takes that back like, Oh my God, why are you going up that hill with, 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 with an Indian with you? Like what? Why not? He works for me. What is your fucking problem? Right. Why are you being an asshole about this? He's like, I can't believe you're letting a cripple go on it. Cripple? (laughs) What 
<laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? The guy's got a limp. He's an NFL player. He's in the best shape of anyone in this whole fucking movie. I just, I, um, it really sets a tone. Let's yeah. put it that way. So let's talk about this in the order in which people die. So we're going to start off with Mandy Young. Oh. Uh, she's married to Frank. Y'all, um, you, you guys, you, you guys, do you know who that is? The actress playing her? No idea. That is Susan Backlany from Jaws. Oh. <laughs> oh, then there you go. Because she's got go. a, a very specific hair look, and that makes a lot of sense. She's gorgeous. She's got way too much fucking hair, and she doesn't mind being dragged around by a wire. So this is making all the sense in the world. So their characters are having trouble in their marriage because he <laughs> spends too much time at the law office and he doesn't get along with any of his secretaries. It's mm, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine anything you know better to save a marriage than to to go on a two week long hike with someone you clearly despise <laughs> and, and a bunch of other fucking strangers on top of that, and then. Their introductory note is him turning to her and goes, you ought to smile more, honey. And you're like, God damn it. Yeah. He's one of those. A typical 70s male uh, who is intimidated by the oncoming. uh, What's the word I'm looking for where women are not emancipated, but the what was the women's empowerment movement of the The 70s? The women's lib. Yeah. He didn't want he didn't want none of that. He was trying to get get off that track by taking her up this hill and then down this mountain. Yeah, she, her main, you know, talking point here is pay more attention to me than you do to the law office asset. <laughs> and he cannot do that at all. So their first night there, they're sitting around a campfire, they're singing songs, and everyone goes, "Hey, you we ought to we ought to shut this down for the night." Uh, we'll keep the fires going. Um, the two guys in charge are like, we'll stay up. We'll make sure nothing like happens around here. And M- Mandy goes to sleep in a sleeping bank. And she's not in there for two fucking minutes. Before, <laughs> not even. <laughs> for her face to be ripped off by a mm-hmm. wolf. Well, th- this is the point. Like, they've already had the, the, the moment where, like, everything just gets real quiet. Yeah. And like, and like, you know, the guy keeps saying, uh, like Christopher, uh, George's character, like, you know, you know, they, they have this conversation with the, the in, indigenous guide and he's like, is there anything like this ever happened before? I've never seen anything like this happen before. And they just keep going. Yeah. Like, they I don't just I'm, immediately <laughs> take the, the fastest path down. Yeah. The at at no. that point I'd be like, can you take us back, please? Yeah. I just, if you, if even you don't know what's going on here. <laughs> But you know Steve, what's interesting? Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I was just going to say, I think Steve has gambling debts because he <laughs> does keep pushing for the continuance of the hike. Oh, yeah. It's very important to him that they that they keep going. Yes. And he's like, it, as soon as her face gets ripped off, Steve is quick to respond with, she'll be all right. I, I mean, I guess. Yeah. His his plan is to is to send the two of them alone Back down the mountain. His emergency plan is take this map, sleep in caves at night, find the ranger's office by yourself. 
That's not a plan. Yeah, because also apparently they don't have. He doesn't have like a radio or anything. Yes. So like as part part of this 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 hike you have to go on, you have to agree. Don't bring any food with you, mm-hmm. and don't be concerned if the guy doesn't have anything to radio for help. <laughs> yeah. It's fan fucking tastic. This is a great idea. But none of them are really don't even seem to be the least bit prepared for however long the duration. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, as we mentioned, one of them is one of the women is wearing platform heels. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got this character, uh, the Beverly Hills lady, the single mom who is, looks like she's wearing a leisure suit with a scarf. Yes. Yes. It, she, it, it's yes. the middle of Ju- it's like July. Very the talk- professor's wife, Gina. Very exactly. The they wife. they they keep talking about how hot it is, but yeah. everybody's like wearing like flannel and khakis and like yeah. three layers. It's like mm-hmm. you know what are you in the are you exploring the Arctic? Why are you wearing so many clothes? Uh, I don't. I, I guess you know like for sun protection is the only. But people are wearing like puffer vests. There's no point in, like, you can't be sweating and keep a fucking puffer vest on. No. Take that shit off. Like, you no. can wear, like, light, you know, long sleeve clothing, but this is not what these people are wearing. No. no. They look no. like they're going to they're, a ski lodge. No, they look like they're literally going to do, like, a half-day hike and then end up at, like, an opera ski, like, chalet or something. Like, right. I'm very confused by the direction of all of this. Which it's like he didn't give them any sort of, like... No you know, information as to you know what you should wear for this two week long hike. Yeah, yeah. no, just bring a knapsack and like because, a, and like some nuts. Yeah, Frank is wearing like a a a loose long sleeve polo that over the course of it gets more torn and ripped <laughs> to the point where it looks like, like a Tarzan rugby shirt. Yes, like yes. A rugby. Yes, yes, yes. Mandy is resplendent in a in a blue button down and uh, sort of a scarf with her hair up, but she's she's torn apart. And Frank is not helping. When she collapses at one point, he's like, "Get the fuck up." Well, that's what I'm talking about is that like you know this is one of the times when they're inconsistent with the whole you know is the sun affecting these people too because you know you know she's like you know they're walking for like a half hour and they're both like "Ah, i can't go on (laughs) 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 and he's like and and he's like oh fine i'll just leave you here then and it's just like it's like wow as soon as as he leaves her there then she's immediately you know the owl's like this is our moment. <laughs> She's like <laughs> set upon by like the 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 vultures from the jungle book. Without beetle haircuts. Exactly. Sweep in and start packing her to death and somehow back her up to a cliff. And he tries to reach for her. And the birds are not necessarily not really hard. Him. He's not really making that much effort to. to yeah, to it's kind of like ooh, 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 ooh. ooh. Uh, if I yeah. could only catch up to you. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> she gets pu- pulled off that ledge by buzzards and hawks working as a team. And my question to the both of you is: Are they trying to murder her or just teach her to fly? <laughs> You know what? The the thing, this is the thing about her death is that mm -hmm. she was, 
she was let off easy by it was the wolf that attacked her. She was let yes. off easy. Th- that could have gone way worse. And mm-hmm. it didn't. So she's already in a vulnerable situation at this point. No one's paying attention to her. And this is, it's, it's, it's enough to almost die by the jaws of that thing. But then to turn around and be pecked to death. Yeah. Is just absolutely brutal. I do really love the green screenshot of her falling oh, yeah. to her death oh, off yes. the cliff. Because it, it gives me serious stage two vibes of Cinemagic at Universal, a show that mm-hmm. <laughs> used to do as a studio guy. Um, and, you know, it's just the the chair is stationary and you have her flailing and the camera moves up and it gives the impression that she's falling. And so I have soft and fuzzy ideas about that sort of shot, but it is legitimately fucking ridiculous that none of these birds jump off of her as she's falling to her death. They're like, I'm going to parachute at the very end. I guess (laughs) what the plan is. I did like that. They really didn't, it wasn't enough to have like one or two. It was Mm -hmm. like a dozen. It was like a dozen vultures on her face. (laughs) I mean, and that specifically is, her, as opposed to her husband. Yeah, He's just like not interested in him. A pass, like yeah, we want we want to we want him to suffer. You, you've got to go early. No, it was a huge f you to the women's lib movement at that point. Exactly. That was a statement. That sexist, was a statement. Sexist vultures. Sexist, sexist vultures. vultures. Yeah, hundred percent. Speaking of sexy vultures, because it's such a fine line between sexist and sexy. Uh, we have Andrew Stevens as Bob Denning and the girl he's arrived with who is is wearing platform fucking hiking shoes, uh, Beth Hughes. Between the two of them, I think they might be carrying the most hair of anyone on the trip. The amount of Andrew Stevens hair in this movie is you would need two suitcases if you shaved it off. Yeah, that's some, that's some bouncing and behaving hair there. <laughs> For an era in which the dry look was predominant, there is a lot of fucking hair on his head. I think it's a disadvantage uh, against their many opponents, in my opinion, to have that much hair. Bob, uh, Andrew Stevens does give us an old-timey impression, so we're back to that again, Gina. Old-timey <laughs> impressions. Finally. It's been a while. Never would... would perform like it's bugs bunny disease again everyone has an old-timey impression (laughs) everybody all of them (laughs) well at least one person per fucking movie and that's what we really discovered in friday the 13th and those early ones is everyone seems to have this warner brothers cartoon level impression of some golden age black and white movie star and it's like why 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 but I don't know. Maybe they watch them on TV. I don't know how old people work. I'm a very young person. So. Uh, yes, good. No, because I was <laughs> going to say, not. I was going to say is that think about when this was made and think about what was actually on television besides the things right. that we loved. But, mm-hmm. you know, that was current television. And like all of us, we watch old shit. And yeah. old shit to them was like, not talkies and then talkies right after people started talking. So yeah, Mm -hmm. that North Atlantic type of vaudevillian thing was still, still, still in their, their frame of reference. Yes. Yes. That's what I need to wrap my mind. (laughs) Beth lives. 
So we'll talk about Beth a little bit later. She becomes pivotal a little bit later on. Right. But we're bouncing back. Like it takes forever for the first person to die. And then it just starts to happen like this. Yeah. Bomb played by Andrew Stevens is kind of led by the nose by, uh, by Paul Jensen. Uh, who's played by Leslie Nielsen. Jensen is constantly provoking um, Christopher George uh, that he doesn't know what he's fucking doing, that he's going to get them all killed, that only that if everyone would just listen to him, he'd get them there safe. Mm -hmm. And so at a certain point, he's like, listen, you led us to a place. He said there was going to be food. All the food was stolen by animals. It's time for me to be in charge, an advertising executive. And for whatever reason, Andrew Stevens is like, you know what? I like the cut of this crazy person's jib. We're going to go. We're going to go with him. And Beth is like, please don't make me do this. And he's like, no, it's decided. We're going with this inexperienced asshole into the middle of the forest because he's got a great idea. And of course, this lasts all of like six hours before it starts raining like mad. And Leslie Nielsen's like, fuck it. I'm in charge now. Uh, you're all under my sway. If you do anything I don't like, you get poked in the back with a stick. And this is this is optimal rape and weather. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God, Gina. Just, he goes off. And Andrew Stevens like, listen, you said you were going to get us to safety. That obviously has not happened. No. I don't think you should rape my girlfriend. I would, ra I would really, this, really rather you didn't do that. I just, <laughs> I think it is bad form and it is bad timing and it's just bad in general. And he is, he, he is the one non-animal death because he just gets speared through the stomach with a giant stick. Yeah, he just, he just, he goes say he's just like down with the count like almost instantly. He's like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. He like speared like, an all. speared like an olive. <laughs> and, it, and it's not like it came at him as, as, as this is the thing about this movie is it's not like things are that, I don't think we're at jump scare era yet. No. Where, no, no we're not that. Like everything has to be sort of still like that 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 Goliath type of you know approach where we're like hand to hand combat and 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 that happens in this particular scene where I'm like you could have dodged that homie you could have yeah. dodged that you didn't he just he practically does half the work for Leslie Nielsen. Exactly. He runs into a stick. Yeah, it's like he, gra he, he grabs the stick and kind of almost pulls it towards him. Yes! Yes. Yes. Let me help you with that. Oh. <laughs> Listen, you want me out of the way? I want me out of the way. <laughs> I really, really want out of this movie. I, yes. I gotta, yes. I gotta get out of this fucking rain machine. This sucks. Like it's gonna be night soon. Fuck this noise. Kill me with a stick. Kill me with a so stick. So he gets sad sandwiched uh, with a stick, and he dies uh, over by a log. Now let's talk about Paul Jensen uh, advertising uh, uh, Maven and uh, just all around racist. Um, it never really stops with this character. No. <laughs> it just never stops. Sadly, this might be the most accurate portrayal of any marketing exec ever in cinema. <laughs> if you're at a certain level of marketing, you're, you view yourself as some sort of audience God where you just 
know what everyone wants. And you're like, I don't, I don't think he knows. I don't think he knows a real person anymore. I just, he thinks he's people, but he's not. He's yeah. a rich person. Yeah. And and so he shows up to this fucking two week hike with a leather goddamn jacket on <laughs> and immediately starts misbehaving, constantly calling Steve hotshot. And that's in between the bigoted racist and misogynistic comments that he's making at all times for everyone else. And he's like, come on, we're all laughing here. Like, no, <laughs> motherfucker, we are not. No, and again, we are not. Like, this, this is like, you know, possibly a two week long trip. And you, you have yeah. opted to be as, as obnoxious as possible to, to, these, to, to these people that you're, that you're going to be stuck with. Yes. That you may possibly run out of food at some point around. Yeah. And he, whatever the dose is of sun through the hole in the ozone layer that makes you crazy. Like he's already started at an eight. And then oh, the yeah. sun takes him to a 13. Oh, yeah. Fast. Real, and the thing is, like, is, is that suggesting that if you are already a bad person to to start with that this 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 like ozone thing is going to trigger something in you because again you know they don't really pursue that much beyond this one character no this is the one character who kind of gets i i will make my my argument for another character later on when we talk about them but i I, is not nearly consistent enough you know i think that i think if they made it where they were all fighting against each other and then it turns into kind of like a Lord of the Flies kind of thing. That that would have been much more interesting. A hundred percent, Gina. That's yes, exactly. That's the thing that makes it so uh, really off-putting is one that it's Leslie Nielsen because Leslie Nielsen, as I know him, would never mm-hmm. do this. And then Try. two, it, it, it's this situation where he's the only one that, from moment start is ratcheting it up like every time the camera turns to him every time yes. like it's just more racist more bigoted more rapey more all of the things and you're like where is this coming from we don't have time for a backstory on this guy it, he d- doesn't appear to be an, under the influence of anything like any intoxicants not drinking or or drugs or whatever so what exa- he's just the wiki calls him a psychopath which, I mean, I think you would want to know if a psychopath mm-hmm. was going to be joining your tour group prior to joining said tour group. Yeah, he just starts at asshole and then right. becomes completely unhinged once right. he doffs that shirt and just gets the full raise, uh, regardless of how much rain happens to be falling at the time. He does make <laughs> a fire in the rain. So you got to give him that. Oh, that's right. It's like him and Adele. This is the point, you know, where after he's said to Steve, bird attacks, no food. What do we do now, Hotshot? That he makes his pitch that they all split up. So he's now he's now killed one guy. He's mm-hmm. forced two women and a small child um, to follow behind him. And over this fire... He, lightning strikes nearby and he's like, now he's, now he's talking to God directly. And he just faces towards the, the, the rain coming down and has his own little (laughs) 
Shawshank Redemption where he's like, you're, I only believe in Melville's God, the kind of person who takes what he wants. And what I want is you. And he points at Beth. He's like, I killed a man for you and I want you now. And it's just all getting rapey and gross. And he drags her off to an open patch. And this is where, you know, like Beverly, the, or I'm sorry, Shirley, the Beverly Hills mom attempts to do something. And his, <laughs> and, and her kid is like, kill him with that rock, kill him with that rock, save her, kill him with that rock. And he turns around and goes, you're not going to do it. You're not going to do anything. And she's like, <laughs> you're right. I'm taking my rock and I'm going over here. And you're like, what is happening in this motion picture? Is Beverly affected by the sun as well? Because she is Looney Tunes over the, like, all she cares about is that John, John, John. My boy. My boy doesn't get hurt but like someone else is about to be sexually assaulted and she's like well i could stop it but you know it's raining so i probably will women's lib it's an attack this entire movie is an attack on women's liberation i just saw exactly that's it yes and this this is the point in the movie where it's so dire it's getting so gross and then a bear shows up and out loud, thank I said, God, thank God, a bear is here. <laughs> thank God, someone the is bear, here. The bear's like, hey, guys, this. what's going on? And like, the bear just shows up like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Were you about to sexually assault a woman in my forest? And Leslie's like, yes, I yes. got a fart machine and no shirt. And this is what's going to happen. <laughs> and then and Leslie Nielsen or whomever the stunt double is who's doubling Leslie. Then goes in for, he attempts to hug the bear to death. It's like they're about to slow dance. This bear has no teeth and they just hug each other. And then the bear kind of swats him on the back for a couple of things. And then finally he's just ripped apart from behind. And the bear goes, you're safe and wanders away. (laughs) This bear has been looking for a chore to accomplish mm-hmm. the entire movie. He's been following them for a long time. A long and, time. And I think he just wanted to take a piece of Leslie Nielsen with him. That's all. No, I think he just wanted to, again, there had to be something here that was stronger than everybody that was involved because mm-hmm. crazy mom and crazy boy weren't, weren't going to get the job done. We saw what happened to the man that was impaled, he clearly wasn't able to get the job done. There's a level of weakness in most of these characters that I don't know if it's because again, like I said at the top, these movies feel like such a commentary on the era that it was like Leslie Nielsen having to be the alpha male because what happened to men? What happened to men? I will fight a fucking bear. I will do that. What happened to men? And that's, I'm, I'm telling you, the bear called his bluff. The bear called yeah. his bluff. Yeah, yeah. Thank God that bear did call his bluff. I mean, again, I was very thankful that that bear showed up. Um, it's pretty uh, hilarious uh, when that happens. It's not hilarious leading up to it, but once the bear is there, you're like, oh, oh my God, thank goodness. 
critical. Um, <laughs> Thank goodness someone's going to put a stop to this nonsense. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, someone sane is arrived. Um, so now let's, weirdly, let's go back to Sheriff Tucker, uh, one of the first people we meet. Um, yeah. But he dies mid, dies towards the end of the movie and has all the bad things happen to him in the middle of the movie. It's right. a but very he, odd when, when he's trying to get his night ham. Yes. Yeah, when he's getting his <laughs> night ham on. Gina. He's the one who's like, oh, I can't believe you're backpacking with women and children. Like, what? Yep. Like, people do that. That's not, that's I, not I think crazy. His, I think the, the, the rat attack on him, it, for me, is, is the highlight of the movie. <laughs> because he just does not react to to it in a way that a normal human being would react. Yeah. I mean, if I turn on the, you know, if I was in the middle of the night, you know, getting a tasty snack and, and I, you know, put that snack down on the table to, I guess, you know, so I get a plate or something and I turn my back on it for a second. And when I look back, there are like six rats <laughs> hungrily gnawing on my snack. I'm not yeah. just going to stand there and stare at them. I'm going to run shrieking out of that room. Yeah, 100%. he he looks back at them like they're kids. Like, like what, what are you doing? Hey, what are you doing? That? That's, my, That's my night ham. Get off of my night ham. And in response, they're ratapulted they're onto the his face. Ratapulted. And again, he's just like, oh, like. Oh. <laughs> And then he takes one of them and he grabs a knife and he, he kills one of them. And, and, I mean, not, you don't actually see it. He swipes at it and it cuts away. And then it cuts to him opening the door and throwing the dead rat away. Like, I've taken care of this problem. One of the six leaping rats <laughs> who came at me is yeah. now dead. Th those things would not have a chance to launch themselves at my face because I would be out of the house running, screaming down the street. Out the door. No, it is. I mean, he's the first person to say there's something wrong around here. Like he tells, <laughs> he tells Christopher George, we've been having all sorts of accidents up here and they don't seem to stop. Is that a warning? You should tell him not to go. If that, But he listens to the television in the bar and the television is like, hey, there's a hole in the ozone layer that it can affect animals. And we don't know it fully, but it's really dangerous. And his response to that is, give me pie. <laughs> he, he, asked for, he asked for pineapple pie with ice cream. Yeah. Oh, which God. I, I got to say... Pineapple pie sounds really fucking good to me. It sounds really never, fucking good. I've never heard yeah. of pineapple pie, but but it sounds good. I like pineapple. I like pie. Give me some. Yeah. But you forget so, when he says in the beginning of the movie, when he comes in to, to sit down with the rest of the, the cops and other bar people, he says that the sun seems to be going through him, but he's mm -hmm. not feeling any of the heat. Yes. It's like, it's not even that warm out. But right. The sun just goes right through you. Yeah. And then he says, there's so much trouble around here. It's like, we're trying to catch water with a sieve. Like, yeah. He knows something bad has happened, but he's so he rough, ain't investigating. <laughs> he can't investigate. He can't call anyone in. He's just like, we have to accept that there are flying rats coming after yes. us. Yes. And want so, my night ham, which is a huge <laughs> crime against humanity. 
my beautiful night ham that I've been saving up for the one night that the National Guard, you know, phones me out of bed <laughs> so we have to evacuate the entire area. He's like, it'll scare ha- those people half to death. Yes. You know what would be scarier? Flying rats, you yes. asshole. Get moving. Yes. Yes. I do I do like I do like one of the shots of uh cars evacuating the, the town. Someone has like a folding beach chair strapped to the roof of the car. <laughs> it's very important. If you're going to get somewhere where there might not be chairs, you better bring one with yeah, you, you, Gina. Exactly. That's just that's just smart. So Tucker up to this point has been attacked by flying rats. He's been menaced by a very angry dog. And then when his wife drops him off. His final words to her are, shut up. <laughs> this is- <laughs> and like, he lives for a while after this. We don't actually see him die in action. We only find his body later when um, Frank opens up the door to an army vehicle and Sheriff Tucker's uh, dead, bloated carcass just rolls out of it. So... Did he die from the rat bites or did something else? No, I think, uh, I think, I think the snakes got him. Cause this is the beginning of the snake portion of the movie. So speaking of, let's get back to Frank Yun. His wife is finally dead. So he gets to live the life he's only dreamed about up until this point, (laughs) which is to find a random small girl, drag her halfway across all of the forest. I love how he just assumes because she is, you know, by herself that her parents are dead. So, so he just like, oh, here, you're going to come with me. This is what happens in this forest. Parents get dead. So you come with me and my rugby shirt and... I'll start tearing it to shreds as we go, and eventually we'll make our way into town. The first vehicle he finds is a truck snake. It's just full of snakes in that truck. He goes into a house. The door is locked. And then he's like, oh, here's an army truck. That's where he finds the Sheriff Tucker. And so finally he finds another vehicle, and it's open, but there are no keys. And he sees his VW bug. And after yelling at her, I I should have left you. You're a bad girl. Stop crying. He's like, I'll never leave you again. Like two minutes later, he's like, I know I said I wouldn't leave you again, but. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and, And then and then he's eaten by dogs. It's a it's a twofer. Because his his VW bug is full of rattlesnakes. So he gets one rattlesnake to the face. And then the dogs attack with the rattlesnakes. They're working in conjunction with one another. You would think that that wouldn't work out too well. No. You would, you would think of the two groups, they wouldn't work together. But I guess the owl being in charge has said, Listen, <laughs> you can both bite humans, but you can't bite each other. Right. It's like, uh, I, I, know, I, know you t- I know you guys have your differences. I, yeah. I, I realize that, but I really need you to pull it together and, and see past those to, to work for our greater goal. Kill this mid-level lawyer. We need him dead. And so he dies screaming off camera. Oh, my God, I'm dying. Please help me. Please help me. And that little girl's like, man, fuck that adult. Yeah. Can't rely on any of them. 
cannot no. rely on a single freaking adult soul to save her life. This is when we're cutting back to group one. Group one sort of consists of of uh, Christopher George, Linda Day George, um, and then you've got Santee, played by Syrian-born Michael and Sarah, who specialized in taking indigenous roles away from Native actors. Uh, maybe he was a nice guy. I don't know. But it is weird how often he was chosen to play indigenous characters when he was not in fact indigenous. Oh, which is, which is that's, that's happened a lot in our animals attack movies. Yes, it has. We've had a lot of actors, a lot, a lot of non-indigenous of actors. actors play indigenous characters. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, Armand Asante, oh. Edward James, almost Nick yeah. uh, yeah. Mancuso. And Michael and Sarah to the list of, Great Native American actors who are not Native American. Two other people are in this other group, and that's Roy Moore, the NFL All-Pro, who has a slight limp. Um, we learn at one point during this, this hiking trip, he is diagnosed as having cancer by a news anchor for reasons we do not know. Do not know. Like, it's just, she just goes, he has cancer, doesn't he? And everyone else goes, I guess. But no one asks him that question. It's just, this is the information we get from other people guessing what his problem is. Because everyone else just assumes he has a bum knee because the motherfucker was in football for 17 seasons. And maybe that takes a toll on a guy. But no, they never ask that. And then the second other person is Professor Taylor McGregor, um, who's like a naturalist. He's a photo nut. He might just be a nut. All I know. And the one thing I learned about this character is you never hand this man a live fish because he will fuck that shit up. <laughs> he will drop that fish. Everyone is starving. They're catching fish with their fucking hands. Andrew Stephen captures a fish after falling into the water and coming out of it. I have a fish and he hands it to McGregor. I don't know why. And McGregor's like, oh, 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 oh. And it falls out of his hand. Don't hand live fish to a guy with glasses on. That's just not going to help anybody. No. At one point, that guy also suggests they all just kill themselves. <laughs> yes. Just, he, he goes, <laughs> I, when they're all trapped in a mine, he's like, you know what we could do is like, we could just off ourselves. <laughs> it's like, I, we could? Sure. I mean, that's <laughs> sure. an escape hatch, but... Let's let's try to get to the bottom of the hill. Let's try that first. Right. Let's try that first. Uh, after their night in the mine shaft, where one of the members is like, I don't know, maybe we all kill ourselves. They make it. To, they make their way to a. They run out of water. They make it to an old logging camp, and it's been taken over by loose dogs, loose angry German shepherds, and I don't know where all the German shepherds came from, but there feels like there's fifteen of them. And they kind of close themselves off into this one shack that has decent doors and windows to hold off the dogs. I, I love I love that Linda Day, Day George is, is she does nothing. No, she whimpers in a corner. She like just cowers while yeah. the rest of them are trying to to block the dogs from getting into through the door and the window. She just like stands there like like. Huh. 
And she's not being attacked by dogs. The dogs can sense she's useless. They go after the tough. It's like, come on, man. This this is a fair fight. Come on, man. Like they can take her out in one fair swipe. So so while she's in the corner clutching her temples with her hands, everyone else has three dogs on them. And eventually Santee and Steve and her Terry uh, make a break for it. And they leave the other two behind. And Terry's like, what about Roy? What about Taylor? And, and Christopher George is like, yeah, they had a real, they're having a real rough time right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of dogs on one. Like we're not, we have to cut our losses. And so Santee's like, we'll get in the water. They can't, the dogs won't be able to follow us into the water, which is not true. Like dogs can swim. It's not an, it's not a great attack posture for them, but. And so they're like, let's break away this small pier and it has, it has old tires on it and it'll float. And so they break away the old, the old pier and they begin to push it out and a bunch of dogs run onto it. So now their escape vehicle is, it has two dogs on it and there's a bunch of other swimming dogs coming at them from the sides. Like this is just a bad plan. (laughs) Luckily you're going towards the rapids. So you have like a wild river situation with dogs on the one thing that'll keep you from drowning. And they managed to knock the dogs off and get through the rapids. Like Jack and Titanic. (laughs) They all fit on the door though. That's the good news. (laughs) So that's their escape vessel. Believe it or not, all three of them live. The, the, The movie just kind of ends on them. Um, being met by a bunch of people on a bridge. Like, hey, look, there's people who've been fucked up by dogs. I just want to say really fast how how great all of these men were willing to fight dogs hand-to-hand. Yes. I love hand-to-hand <laughs> combat. It's, it's practically a John Wick situation where there's a lot of <laughs> forearm biting <laughs> happening and they're able to get away from it. Right. They come out of this with very superficial wounds. And of course, you know, Linda Day George just has the mental anguish because she's not touched once. Not at all. Hair looks Hair great. kicking. Hair looks fantastic. Yeah, no, she doesn't even take off her jacket. That's the thing. No. Nope. Like at least, at least in, and it uh, wasn't Slugs. What is the movie that we saw her in? The Pieces. Pieces, that's right. At least in Pieces, she's wearing tennis shorts. Here, like, she is buttoned up from her neck down to her very inappropriate shoes. She's not the only one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because Beth Hughes and Shirley Goodwin, who's wearing, like, a, a, a cut-off trench coat, and her son, John, 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 <laughs> they find a downed helicopter. Now, I'm assuming by the amount of hawks stuck on that helicopter that it was brought down by kamikaze hawks. They just like launched themselves at it. They were they, for uh, feather covered missiles took down that, that helicopter. <laughs> and so they find it. And of course the John runs after it. And Shirley's like, John, John, stay away from John, 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 stay, stay away from the helicopter. And he's like, look what I found. And they look back and the helicopter pilot is on the ground, like, like 10 paces away covered in loose dogs <laughs> they're mm-hmm. chowing down uh, was there a dog farm near here there's so many fucking dogs that are all the same breed 
But once the dogs sense that there's more meat on the menu, boys, they come after them. They lock themselves in the helicopter. Beth barely makes it in, only to be saved by the, her bell-bottom jeans being torn off. And Shirley is able to drag her in to the helicopter. And they just wait it out until the next morning where all the animals who were affected by the ozone layer hole just instantaneously die all at the same time. Yeah, they're just like, blip, all fall over. Yes. It's like someone hit their off switch. <laughs> it's right. It's just like, we only needed you for this period of time. Boop. And they just keel over <laughs> in action. <laughs> so they're like, oh, yay. And just at that very moment, there's another copter. And they're like, we're saved. John is going to need a lot of therapy. Yes. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. Uh, really. Yeah. This trip has been the highlight of the last two years, I think, for him. Right. I mean, I, I feel like that, that that she could like really guilt trip his dad because of this, yeah. uh, this, this, this situation. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're due for a weekend at yes. the Beverly Hilton. So anyways. Uh, we, yeah, that's pretty much it with the exception of like, we have a little girl who gets re rescued by, um, soldiers who are wearing these giant solar suits. We see, uh, them pass by all these and they call them looters, but we don't really know that they are looters. Um, they just are making that assumption. And we see that one of them has been killed by a, a hawk just going through his face. Wow. It is a I mean Yeah, I mean it's an option. So bear that in mind. We're not that far away, but he takes a whole ass hawk to the face and uh he pays for it with his life. Um she just gets picked up and she'll also have a life of therapy to look forward to. And then on the raft we have Santee um and then we have the anchor woman uh, Terry Marsh, played by Linda Day George, um, who, if you haven't noticed, is a woman. And a woman. She's not an anchor person. She's a anchor woman. Woman. Um, and Steve Bruckner, of course, played by Christopher George, a man whose face looks like an outfielder's glove. Um, and that that pretty much does it. Have we missed any component that you are? Desperate to talk about when it comes to day of the animals. The the the, the bear fight is good, mm -hmm. but it honestly peaks for me in that 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 rat attack scene on yeah. the on the sheriff. I just think I just think it is yeah. It, it, it's you know it does not get any sillier than 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 that scene than being the the focus of a ratapult uh, from uh, Nightham. Yes, exactly. Sure. How, how about how about you, Winter? It, it it it's an amalgamation of all of the favorite things we love about when animals attack mm -hmm. movies. Uh, it's early. It comes in early. What year is this again? Um, this is this is seventy seven. Okay, so. We're just starting to like come out of that era a little bit, I think. And so it has all the great key elements of animals attacking. You've got, but it's, it, it, it to me ratchets it. You know, my favorite animal attacks or species attacks movie is Kingdom of the Spiders. That's the one with Shatner, right? Mm hmm. I love that one because it's just, you know, the end scene with the whole place covered in webs. You're like, well, we're fucked. 
<laughs> now what are we going to do? And then I also love Squirm because Squirm is just disgusting. Yeah. And it takes place in Georgia. But this one, you know, it should be, like Gina said, it it it, it just peaks at the rats. Yeah. It really, the, the again, unsung heroes along with the owl. I think they only had a certain amount of crazy. It's, their budget only amounted to a certain amount of crazy. And the yeah. leaping rats combined with the bear attack are when it just reaches an apex. Yeah. And everything after that feels like a slow burn off of film. Yeah. It just yeah. never reaches that height again, which is, is kind of a bummer. But also, you know, it's kind of the structure of this thing. Like you have one or two sequences that work really, really well. And the idea that all of these animals are coordinating with one another via this one owl is pretty delightful i i if people really want to watch the movie but they're not sure they can make their way all the way through the boring parts i would just the the riff tracks version is on youtube it's on you and it's currently on shutter too tracks. so you, you don't you don't have to sure you don't have to pay i think it might be on it might be on Tubi. yeah it's on freebie for sure on amazon so like there's a lot of ways to watch this movie without paying for it so um, I do think it is worth your time and attention in that fact. And it does fly by. If you're watching with a group, it gets even better. But that, of course, brings us to the most vital part of any episode of Kill by Kill. And that is when we choose our own death venture. That is where we decide of the many deaths portrayed in this film. If we were forced to die in one of those ways, which one would we choose and why? Up for bid in Day of the Animals, we have pulled off a cliff by birds. We have stabbed by walking stick, mauled by a bear in mid-sexual assault, uh, death by rat bites, question mark, uh, a combination rattlesnake dog attack, uh, you're in a chopper crash uh, that's death bombed by hawks, and then you die by dogs. Uh, you have just another dog attack, you have another dog attack, and then there's the guy who gets the bird to the face. And Winter, as our guest, I choose you to go first. Rat bites. Rat bites. Rat bites. Because this wasn't an immediate death. It was a slow, agonizing death, probably. Yes. But yes. I was making an effort to live. <laughs> he was. He, he helped people escape up until the point he succumbed to his wounds or was snake bit in that in that army truck. Because we just don't have any direct right. evidence. He's just a bloated no, we corpse don't. by the time we find him. Right. But, right. you know, he at least he went down with a belly full of night ham and pineapple pie, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that ham looked good. Oh. That looks good. Like, Glazed, his wife is not going to have any baked. trouble finding a new partner because she can make a great ham. <laughs> make a great ham. It looked good. That's all old men are looking for in 1977. <laughs> someone who can put together good ham. They just need some ham. Need some ham. Uh, Gina, what say you? Yeah, I, I'm going to take the 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 hawk to the face because I like I said, I, that just seems a very metal way to go, and and you yes. know something I think about often every time like uh, you know I, I live in a city that you know kind of you know fraught with pigeons and and they like to fly mm -hmm. low and and I you know I mm -hmm. every now and then I I I'm always thinking, <laughs> you know I, I'm going to die I'm going to get like either you know knocked on the subway tracks by a pigeon or a pigeon is going to get me in the face and and just the right way just like drive my you know nose bones into my brain 
So this is this is not right. this, this is you know not out of uh, an out of character death for me. You get a good cross, you know, in an intersection. You get especially in New York, where you have a lot of high buildings. You get those cross rip winds where it's going one way and then going another. You're a low flying pigeon. You get caught in that. You end up in your throat. I guess the question is: Is it the impact that kills you? Or the suffocation of that pigeon not being able to come back up. I, I think it's the impact. I hope it's the impact. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't want to like choke to death on a pigeon. No, I mean that. And but that is the bargain you've made for yourself because you don't know which one it's going to be. So. I'll take my chances. Okay. Uh, good <laughs> uh, I don't like heights, so there's no way I'm going to get pulled off a cliff by birds. I think I'm going to take stabbed to death by walking stick because that happens real fast. He seems to succumb to that injury and he, and he, and he does he does then, technically die a hero he does he does try yes. not very well but he does he does try and if i tried to be a hero i'd probably end up being dead by walking stick anyways like that's probably how that good deed would pay off for me if i was to guess so i think that's in line with with my life so far uh so that's the way i'm gonna go um <laughs> Josh Hollis does all of our artwork. And of course, uh, our music is done by Revenge Body. Go to revengebodymemphis at bandcamp.com to get this theme and all of our remixes. Uh, before we go, let's do a few plugs. Winter, where can people see and hear more from you on these here internets? Uh, Waiting to Exhale is my podcast. I'm working on a new podcast called Tangent Island, which is Mm. very different from Waiting to Exhale. Okay. Uh, This is more of a just sort of one-on-one conversation about a singular topic where we might deviate from said topic, but we will always come back to it. Okay. And then, I mean, Twitter is dying, but I'm Mm -hmm. still there at Winter Mitchell. I'm, we're mired in the uh, Twitter duplicates out there. There's the Spoutable, uh, Post.News, Hive, and then Substack came out with one. I'm like, oh, okay, well, Substack at least has a base. And then I saw... On uh, on uh, he, the guy who was the head of Substack was on uh, a podcast, and he was asked the direct question: "How are you going to moderate if someone's like directly like horribly racist?" And he didn't have an answer. Winter, he yeah, I'm not shocked. No one does. He just like I, you know, I, I need racist money. I guess. <laughs> I guess I need the traffic, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna whiff on this one. And the guy's like, "Hey, this is a really important question that's going to sink or swim this, so you should probably have an answer to it." And he's like, "Well, I'm not gonna answer." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, "Buy Substack notes. It's it, it was yeah. a very short run for you." Um, but yeah. I think that's going to make him quite a legend. This is an answer you should have in your back pocket if you are starting to have a Twitter-like social media empire. Yeah. it's it's. I'm not surprised. Controversy sells. Mm-hmm. I don't like Elon Musk, but I built that community, and that's how I met you fine folks. So I'm yes. going to be there until the casket drops. You know, and we don't know. It's a real house of cards. It could drop any second now. And- any second. You know, you it's get, on life support. You just get those that one, I was talking about the other night, you know, that one time when we learned 
that Trump had COVID. <laughs> and we we just all came to the same place to go, can you believe this is happening? What is going on right now? Nothing can really replicate that. Um, nope. And as much as I enjoy being a TikTok consumer, I don't really like being a TikTok provider. That's not. No, ignite, neither do I. Yeah. Hate it. I, but I, I think it's the one thing that actually replicates the getting information out in a quick and timely manner that Twitter has. It's just, I don't want to be an on-camera persona. That's why I got into podcasting, you know? <laughs> uh, I'm with you. I have a face for television. I just choose not to show it. That's true. Gorge. <laughs> Totes. Thank you. Um <laughs> I do not. Thank and you. I, I, I know that because people filmed it and they're like, it's uneven. I, mm, <laughs> you sound good, but when I look at you, I don't like it. <laughs> oh, uh, come on. Well, that's one of those things. I got, I got to sell this voice somehow. That's what I got to get into. <laughs> so, uh, you know, find us uh, on your socials. Um, and, of course, uh, we're on Patreon. And uh, we've just upped uh, the kind of Patreon shows we're doing. We've got a chat show now. We've got extra movies. We're talking about 1983 spasms. And of course, we're doing Friday the 13th commentary. So it's three different new shows every single month uh, that you can listen to. Uh, Gina, where can people find you on those their internets? I write about movies and television at spool.net. By the time this goes live, I will have reviewed uh, Evil Dead Rise, which I'm pretty excited about. Mm. Uh, yeah. I also have a Substack. I don't know if I'm going to use Substack notes. I really have no interest in trying to seek out other other alternates to to, to Twitter at this point. But uh, I do write a newsletter uh, mostly about my thoughts on movies. That's GinaWatchesThings.substack.com. And uh, I, too, like Winter, plan to ride Twitter into the ground and then piss on its corpse when it's dead, and you can look for me there. And, and uh, Gina does things. And do it today, people. Check it out. Um, that just about does it for this middle week of Animal Tax April. Uh, when we come back next week, uh, we're going to go from the 70s to right now. That's right. How could we have an Animal Tax April uh, when a recent Animal Tax movie came out and not talk about it? That's right. We're going to talk about cocaine bear, everybody. It's a bear on cocaine. So <laughs> I don't remember any rats being a part of it necessarily, but it's the only element that's missing. It is full of characters. That is for damn sure. And everyone is really trying in that motion picture. Uh, cocaine bear is available now to rent, or if you have Peacock, it's, it's, it's right there, baby. Just go for it. Uh, so that just about does it for us. But don't worry, folks. The body count will continue for myself. Gina and Winter. Bye-bye, everybody. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye.